This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 70, yes 70, we're at the big 7-0 of internet marketing and today, or this week, it is a questions and answers session. Yes. I'm joined in the laboratory by Mr. Kelvin Newman. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, who is still expecting his baby, but by the time you hear this, I'm sure his baby will arrive. Yeah, this is the power of scheduling things in advance. So we've this had is. a few questions here and this was recorded a couple of weeks before it's live. We're talking to you from the future. Yeah, from the future or the past. I'm, I uh, get confused. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we have four questions here, which I will attempt to read out, on printed on sheets of paper. So there will be a papery, slidey noise as I move each question out of the way. Should be we start prepared. with the first? First question. That seems like the best place to start. The first question is from Dr. Joe. Quite a short question. Um, could I trouble you to tell me what internet conferencing software you are using to record your interviews? Oh dear, I suppose that's a question for me, isn't well, it? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I well, record no, no, some as well. for you as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, basically, um, when I've been recording interviews where it's just me, the, the software I've been using most frequently is I have a uh, MacBook Pro. Um, plugged into that, I have a microphone going via a USB audio interface, but you could be using any kind of USB microphone to record my vocals. Um, and then what I use is I have the conversation on Skype, and I use a piece of software for the Mac called Audio Hijack Pro, which allows to record what's coming in the microphone and what's coming in via Skype. And then I give that to Andy and he makes it sound pretty. <laughs> I discovered, let me, let me just give you some background on what I do, because I'm a complete audiophile and audio geek. Um, I, use, I use multiple computers and yeah. lots of wires to record my, my Skype interviews. If you're just starting or you've only got one computer yeah. or you just want to keep it simple... I have to say, Audio Hijack Pro is probably the way to go. Yeah. And I'm a poet and didn't know it. Um, basically, what it does, it runs... Does it run on PC as well as Mac? Um, no, I think it's oh. Mac only. Oh, okay. I think there's an equivalent... I think Pamela oh, is, okay. yeah, yeah. is yeah, yeah. an equivalent kind of piece of software that hijacks Skype audio. Yes. So what Audio Hijack... So, okay, so it's, it looks like it's Mac only. So it's Audio Hijack Pro. And what it does is it sort of nicks the audio from, from yeah. whatever device you tell it to. Now, you have to be a bit careful with Audio Hijack Pro because uh, there's quite, it's, it's so flexible that there's quite a few different ways you can use yeah. it. And the way I recommend that you use it is that you make it... You get it to do a recording, a stereo recording, so that you're on one track... And the person on the other end of Skype, or people, if you're doing a conference mm. call, are on the other track. Yeah. Because that way, it makes editing a lot, lot easier. Say, for yeah. example, you're you're in the middle of your interview, and suddenly, I don't know, a load of seagulls burst into your yeah. office or something, and make yeah. a big squawking noise. It's, it often happens here in Brighton. Um, then you can sort of independently mute your track while the other yeah. person is carrying on talking as if nothing had happened. Um, although I'm sure if, if, if a group of seagulls had broken in, they'd probably be saying... Is that a group of seagulls that's broken into your office there? <laughs> and then carry on talking again. But that, that, it, it is a really good piece yeah. of software. And it, I think it's about is it $30 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. It's, yeah, it's fairly sort of nominal cost as these kind of things go. And it's really quite powerful. And you can do some interesting things as well that you can kind of record one person and have them process. So you have a, you know, like a particular piece of software processing their voice mm. and then a different one. You can set different recording qualities. So oh, maybe yes, a different can, you? for, you know, you know Skype's not going to sound as good as the real microphone, so maybe you only record it at MP3 quality rather than, you know, lossless 
quality and mm. the like there. So yeah, really good piece of software. I think Sat, um, like I say, Pamela's the equivalent for PCs. Yeah, I've there. heard of Pamela. Yeah, um, but I've yeah, heard, Pretty May is another one. I've got a, a client of mine yeah. using Pretty May. She swears by it. Yeah, I mean, there's quite a few options out there. Sounds um, like it should be a boat to me. Yeah, I know that when I tried to try a load of free trials on the PC mm. when I was doing it, they are some of those pieces of software are a bit of a nightmare to get rid of once yeah. they're on the computer oh, whereas right. audio hijack's kind of quite self-contained yes but on the pc one there's one called um like voip recorder which and grammo don't download that you just can't get rid of it i can't <laughs> really? get it off my computer i've tried as hard as i can it just won't go away does it follow you home every night yeah you will never get rid of me let's go to the next question this is from um rx host i think that's his twitter handle yep um question for impc that's internet marketing podcasts if you yeah, and if you, yeah if you want to send us a question on tw- Twitter you can just use that hashtag so you put hash IMPC and me and Andy will pick it up yes this is a Twitter question isn't it well not a question via Twitter yep. rather than a question about Twitter how important is Google Maps to your SEO strategy I think it is vastly overlooked for smaller local business yeah I mean I think um, the chap's completely right there because for most businesses their top search terms are going to contain a geographic location now, it's very rare if you put any keyword plus a location in it into Google that a map isn't triggered. So if you put Brighton photographer, a map comes up. If you put London hotel, a map comes up. You know, it's in the search results. Yeah, in the it? search yes. results. Um, so yeah, it's really, really important. And the algorithm that Google used to determine who appears in those map results is different from the normal algorithm, not drastically, but requires a slightly different approach. And as well, that it used to be if you were number one for, say you were number one for hotels in London, you'd get all the traffic. Now, because the map's there, you're suddenly halfway down the page. You might not get anywhere near the traffic you used to when there weren't those maps there. So, I mean, it's one that I think we're, you know, right to acknowledge as a potential issue. Um, I'll I'll give you a quick rundown of some of the things that, that influence them. But I will say that, I've got scheduled in and I've already made the notes and started recording our next how-to episode where I lock myself in a cupboard and and brain dump. Yeah, and that next one's going to be about Google Local. Um, So our next one, and I'll take you through um, the ranking factors and how Mm. you can do that. Actually, I've got some supplementary questions, but carry on. So yeah, it's things like they don't rely on links, they rely on citations. So that's kind of mentions rather than that kind of thing. Mm. Location is actually a big factor. So you can, you know, if you're... If you search for guest house on the Isle of Wight, they cut a huge chunk of the island off. If your guest house is in that chunk, you're done for. So I'll run through that in that special. But yeah, there's an interesting, you know, big opportunity if you're, because it's easier to rank in those. It doesn't take much to rank well in local listings. Right. Can I, can I ask my supplementary question? Yeah, I'm asking it. a question on my own podcast here. Um, on my iPhone, if you look at a map, there yeah. are lots of little squares that, that show yeah. where businesses are. Now, I'm not on there because I've done the old thing where you, you register your, lo- your location, then you get the thing through the post to yeah. make sure you're really there. But yeah. I don't appear as a little square or a little knife and fork. How do you get Yeah. Do you know what I'm on about? How do you get Yeah, that? they're kind of... Because you can claim your listing and then you get the kind of circle with a like a drop pin, they call it, don't yeah. you? Yeah. That's what most people are when they claim their listings. But some people are kind of there on the map as landmarks. I'm not absolutely certain without going and having a check into it what causes that but it is our mission to find out yeah i think it's where you're listed from data um (laughs) sort of removed um from what you can so it's kind of if you're on um the ordinance survey map or that kind of thing where google are pulling their data from so 
old traditional sources of data they tend to use to trigger those kind of little icons you've got there. So that's helpful because you'll appear when people aren't looking for businesses. So if they're just kind of looking at a street and it says, oh, there's yeah. a restaurant there, that'll help you in a way you wouldn't. But if someone's searching for restaurants in Brighton, all the drop pins are going to appear anyway. So yeah, yeah. I think it's marginal benefits having that kind of... Um, embedded appearance on the map so we'll find out why yeah. when you look at your maps on your google phone and presumably on google maps yeah. on, just on the browser yeah, yeah, yeah. you see these little squares yeah and i'll include that on that how to um <laughs> we're doing and he's having a coughing fit as we speak <laughs> but um yeah what i'll what i'll do is when i'm recording that special on um how to um, do well on google local i'll include um what causes that and whether there's ways that you can influence it um, it's not one I've come across particularly often, but I am aware of it as an issue. Right, next question. Let's see if I can read this without coughing. <clears throat> this one is from Ben, and Ben says, On a recent podcast, brackets, I forget which brackets, you guys said Google AdWords doesn't affect SEO. That was Google AdWords, by the way. Uh, classic argument, and indeed Google AdWords on search doesn't. However, in tests, Google AdWords on the content network does. If you load your anchor text as the headline of the ad, inevitably your ad is shown on a page as it is spidered by Google. I'm not sure if those links do count, brackets, but they show up in Google links, brackets. However, in tests, the use of the content network with your anchor text in the ad does improve your ranking. I'd give it a test. Enjoying the podcast. Keep up the good work. Hopefully when my next book comes out, I can take part. Haha. <laughs> Cheers, Ben. Cool. Well, I mean, to take it back a step... Um, we were talking a while ago about whether if you advertised on AdWords, would you do better in the natural search rankings? And me and Dan and Andy were saying that we didn't think it would because it, in many ways, it's not in Google's interest to do that. And I would actually, I'm afraid, Ben, I'm not, I've not seen the details of your tests here, um, but I can't see how that would work because Google AdSense, when it appears on your site, is contained within a piece of JavaScript. So you embed it. And it kind of goes script, tag, da da da, has all the bits that call the adverts and then closes. Mm. Google don't, any links that are contained within those kind of JavaScript, Google aren't looking at, they can't look at. So even though it appears when you look at the cached version of the page, mm. it's not actually really being spidered by Google in, in terms of following those links. So it's the same as if you put like, um, like an RSS, um, you know, you, you include the BBC News in, your, in a widget there that's all contained within JavaScript. They're not going to follow the links that are within that JavaScript. So I can't see how a content network advert can benefit your um, search engine rankings. Interesting. Because it, it can't be spidered. It's kind of a can I be devil's advocate yeah. here? From a technical standpoint, mm-hmm. I totally agree that mm. uh, JavaScript um, is not really understandable mm. by, by spiders. However... What if there were, because um, presumably that JavaScript that you put in your site yep. for your AdSense mm-hmm. has got some sort of unique code in it. Mm-hmm. How do we know that Google doesn't have an algorithm that says, when you see the unique code, go yep. back to our databases and mm. see what you're putting into it, blah, blah, blah. Well, the reason I would say they wouldn't is because then effectively people, if, if this worked, i.e. you could benefit in your search engine rankings from running um, content network adverts, what I would say is, well, I am then going to put on the content network for any keyword, you know, I'm going to mm. put and as my keyword that triggers. I'm going to put a one pence bid. So I'll only appear, you know, no one's probably going to click it. I'll put a terrible advert there, but I'm going to appear on these sites, get spied and do very well. That's buying links. Google yeah, yeah. are so anti-buying links. It's not even true. Yeah, you know, the, Go- the Google, um, 
the Daily Express in the UK have had a bit of a um, beating over the last week or well, last month or so because they've been trying to sell SEO advertorial. They've had their mm. page rank wiped out. Mm. You know, it Google don't want people doing that. So I I just can't envisage. If Ben does have a test, send it through to me and I'll have a look and uh, what you've done there and some of the things. But I think in principle it shouldn't work. And I think strategically I can't understand why Google would do that because actually they want most of the people who pa- spend money on pay-per-click are the people who don't do well in natural search. Mm. So if anything, it, if Google were going to try and do something nepotistic, it'd be trying to make people who pay, spend money on pay-per-click do worse in the natural search. They're more reliant on it if they're going to be going mm. down that, mm. that kind of route. So... Yeah, sorry, Ben. Um, um, have to agree to disagree on this one. But feel free to send in any, any evidence you may accumulate, and we'll certainly have a look at that. Fourth and final question uh, from Richard Hall. He's the director of Fuzzy Culture. Hello, Kelvin. I have a possible question for your podcast. For whenever it might be relevant, that would be great to get your help with. I run a small online retail business selling children's clothing, www.fuzzyculture.com. I'll just repeat that, www.fuzzyculture.com. I've got some nice clothes on there. I had a look, actually. Have you? N- not in my size, unfortunately. But yeah. <laughs> I realise that I'm probably far smaller scale than most of your listeners, I would contend that. I think there's a lot of one-man bands listening to us, actually. Yeah. And much earlier on in the knowledge curve, but it would be great to get some ideas for great, preferably free, tools to market my product. I've been checking out various places for tips, such as Internet Business Mastery. Uh, that's the other podcast, isn't it, we've yeah. mentioned? But one thing I'm finding is that in general the focus is very much on people selling content rather than a natural product. Seeing as I don't have any regular content to broadcast as such, can I leverage channels such as social networking to help promote myself? Thanks and keep up the good work. Richard Hall. Yeah, I think Richard's um, good to ask there for some free tools. There's some great free tools out there. I mean, it's worth listening back to our podcast we did um, just before Christmas, where we did like 12 internet marketing tools for Christmas, there were some yeah. good tools in there. And we try and include mention, you know, when we're doing our news and tools episodes, we try and include three or four now. Um, so once a month, there'll be two or three new tools that you can look up there, most of which are free or kind of freemium. So there's a free element to the tool that you can use there. But I think he's right to point out that, and this frustrates me a bit, um, that most of the um, podcasts and websites and they're out there about promoting your businesses online all assume that you're selling content and um, you know ebooks or the like there. So I mean, I find it very frustrating that there's lots of websites about how to make money online, telling people how to make money online, and what they tell you is how to make money telling people how to make people online. And it's this kind of weird. Mm. I think the world's going to collapse in on itself. A recursive where, business model. Yeah, yeah. So it's all about you know if you want to make money online, you need to tell people how to make money online. And yeah, it, it's all very confusing. Whereas actually, what most businesses do is they sell physical products or you know proper services to real businesses and although all these people who do all these kind of content can give you some really interesting inventive ideas of how you can promote yourself online um, if you're not actually selling something physical you're just selling an ebook or a course you've got a slightly different approach to what most businesses need to do so um, on that front there's going to be some big news that we're going to be talking about um, next week in the show but I won't reveal any more details on that I know in last week's episode I asked volunteers it's connected to that so stay tuned next week for the big news on that front um, but in terms of free tools um, there's lots um, in the SEO sector that are really good um, seobook.com I've got some great tools 
um, seomoz.org um, have got some great tools there as well, including opensiteexplorer.org, um, which is really good there as well. In terms of other free tools that I really like, um, there's some really good Twitter analysis tools. So if, um, if um, Rich is looking into trying to promote himself on Twitter, mm. um, there's one called Clout, which is K-L-O-U-T, which helps you measure kind of um, your influence on those sites. Mm. Um, but my... To say to Richard, the place to start is, I would say, have a blog um, is a good place to start. And then try once a week writing something that's not directly related to your products, but will be of interest to your target customers. So in his case, he's selling children's clothes. Um, so it's the parents of those children that are interested in those clothes. There's probably some more factors about them that make them unique to other people. So why they would choose um, fuzzy um, culture instead of other you know, retailers. So write to that audience, produce something that they're going to find interesting. So maybe um, I know kind of, they've got a big um, focus on, you know, kind of sustainable, um, you know, fabrics and that, that they're using on Mm. on the site. Mm. So yeah, talk about the difference between sustainable fabrics and not, and why you might want those kind of products for your children and not, and then just regularly start to build that content up, point people at it on your site and then you've then got content that will start to do well in search engines. You yeah. can start to promote on Twitter and that kind of thing. I mean, I did notice that uh, Richard says, I don't have any regular content to broadcast. What I would say in response to that is if if you're... And don't get me wrong here, you don't have to necessarily be passionate about your business. Yeah. It depends how, you, how you're, mm. you're sort of related to it. But if you are passionate about your business and what you're doing... If you're passionate about anything, you've always got content. It might be a blog, it might Mm. be a podcast, uh, it might just be a lot of tweets. Yeah. But it's kind of like backing up what you just said, Mm. I suppose, Kelvin. Yeah. It's just the content. I mean, it's just showing people your passion and putting out stuff that is useful to other people. Mm. And I mean, yeah, a lot of people I know sometimes are reticent when we say, oh, you know, start a blog. They're like, well, I'm I'm not a very confident writer. I don't like writing it's getting easier and easier to start putting up video and audio content. Um, yes, yes. So, I mean, there's a site called Audioboo. Um, Audioboo is pretty cool, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can get that as an application for your phone or you can do it just on your computer and it allows you to quickly and easily, you know, record a little podcast like this. You know, it's very different because we're kind of producing something that's very regular. But if you just want to kind of record your voice on a phone talking about the new products you've got coming out that month mm. or why... Um, you know, your products are going to be delayed because of the ash cloud or whatever it is that's kind of interesting. Audioboo is a great way to start that where you can just like imagine you're on the phone to one of your customers talking about your product. Start recording content like that and putting it up because it'll build um, build a relationship there. And I mean, a good example of a website that is similar um, to um, Richard's there is called um, Wiggly Wigglers. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've mentioned yes, this quite yes. a few times on the show. And they, they, well, we interviewed her. Yeah, we, um, yeah. we interviewed the Wiggly Wigglers lady quite yeah. early on in internet marketing. Yeah. And yeah, they're brilliant. They've got podcasts, they've got blogs, and I'd really look at them as an inspiration for some of the things you can do, Richard. Um, you don't need to do all of them straight away, but you know, trial one, see how it goes. If it's got a good ROI, try some more. Excellent. Well, that rounds up the questions uh, for today. And just to mention um, that in next week's episode... Um, we've got some very big news about the Internet Marketing Podcast. So last week I asked for some volunteers and it's related to that. Um, but just to say, you know, if you do tune into just one episode um, straight away, do tune into next week's because it's probably some of the biggest news, even bigger, I think, than when we went weekly. We just seem to have bigger and bigger news on this podcast. Uh, you know, we? onwards and upwards. So that's it from me, Andy White, and from me, Kelvin Newman. 
See you soon. In fact, we'll see you next week. Have a good week. Bye. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh. If you're inside the UK, it's O one two seven three two five six one five oh. And you can leave a voice, comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Thank you.